podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the IndyCar Special Summer Series here on Lakeside Drive. I'm Freya Brolsma and in this episode I chat to two-time IndyCar champion, Indy 500 winner and pole position record holder, Will Power. We were also joined by three-time Australian Supercars champion and Bathurst 1000 winner and now multiple race winner in IndyCar, also racing for Team Penske, Scott McLaughlin. We chat about what it was like moving across the world to race, mentally prepping for races and who each of these drivers would put in their own IndyCar and F1 teams. A big thank you to Will and to Scott for this chat. Let's get into it. Will, thank you very much for joining us here on Lakeside Drive. We're in Nashville. This kind of feels like the United Nations of fish and chips and burnt sausages. Um, although, as we've just been talking about, Scott, you don't really sound very Kiwi-y. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Um, I mean, thanks for having us on here, but it was uh, – I lived a lot of my life in Australia. Um, I'm always a Kiwi, no matter what, but it's just I grew up doing all my schooling there, basically. Um, and, you know, when you're at school, you need to try and fit in, so you end up – talking a bit more Australian or trying so to do a, into a kind of, kind of, kind of. And, uh, now, um, yeah, but here in America now I have to learn to slow my words down and everyone talks a little slower and whatever, but, um, or I think we talk fast. We don't think we do, but, um, yeah, it's, but it's, yeah, I love Australia. I love New Zealand just as much. That's very diplomatic of you. Well done. <laughs> we'll perhaps might start with you. Could you talk to us a little bit about time? We're going to dial the to- clock back for a minute when you first moved to the US and initially kind of just what that adjustment was like coming over here, racing over here, departing the sandy shores of Queensland. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I, uh, I left Australia and went to England and raced there for three years before I left for the US. So, um, um, yeah, it was, I mean, I lived in Toowoomba and I was working and um, before I left. So it wasn't like I was living on a beach or anything. It was... Um, yeah, it was actually hard the first – first. Uh, it was still kind of is like when you're used to – when I left Australia, you know, you're getting up, you're at work at 7.30, you work all day till 4.30, then, you you know, the time I'd come home and be working on a race car at night to just like getting up, having to do fitness and then you really <clears> – <throat> you really don't have a very structured uh, – regiment I guess so yeah that's always kind of been hard for me um but yeah it's yeah getting used to being able to sleep in for the last 20 years it's not bad (laughs) (laughs) very good and Scott what about you you've got family here now and your in-laws does that help you feel a bit more settled in the U.S.? Yeah absolutely I think it's made the whole transition a lot easier um you know, obviously when I first met Carly, my wife, um, she's from Long Island, New York, and um, I dragged her back to Australia. So I dragged her away from her family and she loved Australia and I had to really drag her out of there to get her back. Um, but uh, it's nice to be able to come here. Like we came here, peak COVID, there was elections going on. There was like the, the, the country drama. was pretty crazy <laughs> yeah. at that point. A lot of you know things going on and I, uh, you know, it was initially quite hard to get comfortable because just you know you couldn't go out you know without a mask on and and a few things and and uh but now like having that family and having that 
those people around you be able to at least have a Thanksgiving, at least have something going on um, was really cool. But I've really settled into American life. I love it. Um, but I think I've loved it more because I've got that family um, aspect. And I miss my mum and dad in New Zealand and my sisters in Australia and Sydney. Um, but at the same time, like it's just – I think they're glad that I've got someone over here as well and that's um, and that's been really nice. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got some fellow countrymen over here as well racing. Does that – do you bond together at all or is it just stuff you I want to beat you all? <laughs> I mean it's like – I mean for me and Will, I mean we're teammates. We work a lot together. Um, but it's nice, I guess, to have an Australian – like you have lingo and stuff you talk about and laugh about and whatever and um, – and then, you know, absolutely, there's, there's a few more guys coming over to race NASCAR and stuff like that. And it's really cool to follow them and watch them. Um, don't spend a huge amount of time with Scott Dixon, but know him well with the IndyCar series. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's cool to be able to come from a very small country or a small part of the world and um, be able to punch above our weight. I feel like, you know, New Zealand and Australians really do that. And um, that's what's really cool to be able to do that on the world stage. Will, you are the first Australian to win the Indy 500. Can you tell us about what that milestone was like and achieving that for you in your career? Yeah, for me, it was, uh, oh man, a huge <clears throat> relief. I'd spent, uh, so yeah, it was, yeah, I've been in IndyCar more than a decade at that point. Uh, and during that decade, I'd won more more races, more poles, led more laps than anyone, and, and but I hadn't won the 500 and I'd won a championship, so... Uh, and you just constantly got that question about, you know, you're not really seen as a successful IndyCar driver until you've won the Indy 500 and the championship. So, oh, massive. Something I didn't believe would ever happen. Actually, it was such a, it's such a hard thing to, it's such a hard race to win. 33 cars, it's just once a year. And um, the style of racing makes it very difficult to, be dominant you could say like get out in front actually pull away but i thought 2018 with the new package it was a it was a new package away from the aero kit um was a chance to actually do that you could pull away from the field it was really low downforce it was difficult to drive and i thought that's the chance where you if you can get to the front stay in the front you 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 have a good chance of winning so i had that in my mind coming into that year um and and yeah it kind of played out that way but yeah it's uh it's an epic event. There's nothing like it in the world when you got 300,000 people watching you race and, you, you know, you go into victory lane on a perfectly sunny, hot day in May. Um, yeah, nothing like it. Uh, it's slowly fading away, you know, like, I'm, yeah, you you want to do it again. It's, it's just an amazing feeling. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, it was really cool to be the first Australian to do that. Um, and, uh, yep, you'll always be remembered as, or known as an Indy 500 champion. So yeah, big, very proud of that achievement. Yeah. Sounds like a combination of kind of relief that it's yeah. finally happened as well. Does it get to a point oh, yeah. where you kind of go, I suppose the longer you're in the series, does it feel like it's slipping away a little bit then, especially after a decade, like you said? Yes, that's right. Yeah. You start to see, well, you know, I'm getting close to 40 at that point, you you know, you start, you know, a lot of drivers retire. So, yeah, you could see that clock counting down and that pressure just mounting on you. And, and yeah, it's funny. Like I was quite 
down heading into that month. I was quite, uh, yeah, disappointed with my career. I, I would say, if you ask my wife, I was like pretty, pretty disappointed that I'd won all these races and poles, and I hadn't won a, I'd only won one championship, and um, so. Yeah, then I went and won the Grand Prix and then won the 500 all, bam, in one go. So yeah. massive relief. Yeah. So in a way, is, you know, you kind of go in with the package thinking it might be able to happen, but then also when you least expect it. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah it was, It yeah, like life goes, right? It just, things sneak up on you and yeah. that just happens for you, you know, eventually if you want it bad enough. Scott, when you hear uh, Will talking about that, does that, just fuel your want to in the Indy 500 uh, yeah. or are you sick of him reminiscing? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I give props to anyone that's won the 500 and if they're not reminiscing for as long as they can, like that's just, I would, you know, I think uh, seeing my teammate win it this year, you know, you, that was the first time I've probably seen one firsthand from a, you know, a, a very close proximity and yeah, it was so cool. Um, and I remember watching Wills, you know, in 2018 and that was so special and, and so cool for like down under and, and, and whatever. And But yeah, I, I can't tell you the amount of, you know, I've had a couple of dreams about winning <laughs> it and, and, yeah. and what it would feel like to just drink the milk and touch the trophy and Not have your face. Not intolerant, are you? No, 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 nothing like that. I'll be going crazy. But um, yeah, look, it's that's right now like my biggest goal in life is to win the 500 probably more so than a championship. I just feel like it's... It's kind of, you know, we had the Bathurst 1000 in Australia and, and everyone asks, oh, Bathurst or a championship? And I've always said Bathurst and, and it's the same for Indy because you need to have a perfect day. You need to have a perfect month. You can't make any mistakes. If you make one mistake, you got to wait another year for, to have, have another crack at it. A championship, you can rebuild. You can have a bad race and come back. And I'm not taking anything away, but it's such a special race, such a special moment. And yeah, I, I would do anything, anything to, to, to win that race. Um, but I know it's going to take hard work. Took these two, you know, took Joseph 12 times, I think, you, you a decade. So, you know, it's it, it's a lot of hard work and you got to be the right place at the right time. But you need to be in the right mindset to take it when you get the opportunity and um, both these guys were. Comparatively speaking, you're a newer addition to IndyCar. To what extent do you look to those drivers who have been around for over a decade. Yeah, I think initially when I first came to IndyCar, I really lent on these guys a lot, but there's got to be a point where you've got to find things yourself. They're only going to help you as much as they can. And, you know, you've got to, you're a race driver, you're a professional, you've got to find those little things and nuances to, to get better and, and to hopefully be better than them um, and separate yourself. But, you know, I feel like I'm in a really good spot with that. I've learned a lot on the ovals the last, you know, couple of years. Um, I think I've still got a lot to learn at Indy, but I'm, you know, I'm, I feel like I work pretty hard on that and looking at footage and tape and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I think we're in, we're in a good spot every year when we go back, but it's just a matter of me just capitalizing on what I've learned. Um, but I, you know, these guys like Joseph, initially when I first came to the category, it was Joseph, Will and Simon Pagino. And like two of those guys had won the 500, all three of them had won a championship. So I was very lucky in that regard to lean on them and learn. Um, but like I said, I have to, take the next step myself. Kind of reminds me of when people say in kind of in, in, in any industry, kind of saying like, you know, name somebody who's doing really well. So if you say, you know, I want to be this person and at some point you have to go, well, stop trying to be that person and just be your own driver. Obviously learn from their experiences. Yeah. But- yeah. You got to eat like a, a lot of young 
kids coming up, you know, that that's just, you know, they have role models. But eventually you'll probably get to a point if you're really good, you're gonna race your role model. So yeah. you've actually got to beat them and <laughs> yeah. you gotta get on with it. And uh, you know, I remember watching Will when I was a lot young, like I was a, I was a kid and and watching him come through the ranks and um particularly when he like started at Team Penske in two thousand nine and and um, it was so cool and something that uh you know it's cool to be racing with him, Scott Dixon and whatever, but I, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't like when I have them in front of me or someone and like people that you've watched since you were younger, like Alio or yeah. whatever, you really want to pass them or like, get, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a little yeah. carrot and yeah, that's just, yeah, sure. it's a cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. Opposite question, Will, yeah. as someone who's been in the series for a lot longer, do you look to the kids coming up <laughs> and, you know, is there anything you can learn from the new drivers joining the series? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you never stop learning. I mean, these, you know, these young guys that come in, um, you know, you got to almost act like you're in your 20s soaking stuff up because it's never ending. It's always changing. You know, the track's always changing. The tyres always changing. The cars, the development, the amount of information that's available now is more than ever. So you have so much information to pull f- from if you're struggling in an area. Um, so, yeah, I... I actually love the fact I'm racing against guys 20 years younger than me um, and and they're extremely good, extremely good like these, you know, and I love seeing the development of a driver. I love watching these young guys come in and, you know, become extremely good like because then you can learn off them. But uh, it's just cool to see because I went through it. I know how hard it is to get there and I have a, a real appreciation for people who are into their craft that much um, as I was, um, you know, I have respect for that. So, um, yeah, I enjoy enjoy watching it. And I actually still go-kart. I even go even lower than that. I like to, you know, you're racing against 15-year-old kids and it's just kind of fun to see because it's, they're so, they have such a future ahead of them. They have so much to look forward to. You kind of um, enjoy seeing that yeah. because you know how you were at that age. Stuff like that also just adds an element of fun to it, right? Especially when you're kind of working so hard all the time, just being able to go karting and yeah. hang out with some 14 year olds. Yeah, 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 just hang out at grassroots racing. Because uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I feel like I'm just a purist as far as racing goes. I'm not into any of the other stuff, you know, that you can be into, yeah. you know, the fame and all the BS that comes with it. Um, I just love the craft of it. I really do. I, I enjoy it and that's that's why I still like grassroots racing. You've said, Will, that when you stopped concentrating and trying so hard to win races that you actually focused on just trying to enjoy things again, that that's when things kind of picked up for you after some challenging races. How much does your headspace going into a season or a weekend affect your performance but also just how much you're enjoying the sport? You, you got to – I started to enjoy it because I knew I didn't have that all that much longer in it. It's not like I got a decade ahead of me of racing an IndyCar, you know, maybe not even five years. But uh, uh, so, yeah, at some point you got to go, yeah, I've got to – this is an amazing job to be paid to do. Like it is it is just 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 so lucky and fortunate to do it. So you got to enjoy it because I think once you stop, you're going to seriously miss it. You're seriously going to miss the competition, the fact that you go to a different city every ra- every week and get to race the best guys on the planet. Um, so I, I did 
you know, it's always a fine balance that you can't be too, you know, you can't be too hell bent on just enjoying it. You still got to strive to win because, you know, last year I probably didn't, it was, it was, I won the championship, but I was a little bit under the wanting to win, sort of would give up some wins for the points where now it's, it's a little bit different this year. You've got to, you've got to be pumping out wins to win the championship. So every year has its different feel. And you've got to try, you know, tune into that frequency each time. Um, so, yeah, it, it changes. But you just build this huge toolbox of, you know, I guess mental skills as you go along. It's just there's no substitute for experience in that respect. You know, when you're young, you have a ton of energy and you probably take a bit more risk. And maybe there is a bit more ultimate speed. But your decision-making and... Um, the way you navigate a whole weekend or a whole season, uh, you know, when you get into your 40s, you're mentally just better in every way. And even how you react to other people and, you know, even react to incidents on the track, you don't get as mad or frustrated because, you know, it's just it's just how it goes. So, um, yeah, it's you can't, you can't tell a young guy that. They just have to go through it and understand it. But what about you? Is there anything you do to set yourself up for a race, kind of get yourself in the zone? Because you seem like someone who's pretty relaxed most of the time. Um, is there anything that you do ahead of a weekend to get yourself ready? Yeah, I give a, I, I guess I give off a relaxed vibe. I'm pretty chilled, but I, like I'm very focused on what I need to do. And, and I do a lot of study with my engineer and a lot of prep before races. Um, but I, I feel like I put myself in a better spot when I'm having a joke around with my guys or, or hanging out, like not, thinking too much into it and then when I get maybe 20 minutes or get onto the timing stand ready to get into the car that's when I really lock in and I've got certain things that I do just to lock my mindset in and figure out what I need to do but um, you know as, as we all do we all have different like you know uh, preparations um, but yeah look I, I do I have a lot of fun I, I mean I came into IndyCar probably later because of what I did in Australia and, and, and whatnot and um this for me, I really wanted to enjoy. I wanted to enjoy the journey and, 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 um, but along the way, you know, have some success, which we've had, but, you know, ultimately, you know, I, I feel like I am ready to sort of keep getting better and better each race and, and hopefully we're there or thereabouts at the end of it. Romain Grosjean has said that our sport is both beautiful and very painful at the same time. I would be intrigued to hear what some of your more beautiful moments are as well as some of the, the painful ones. There's a lot of good moments that, um, I think you sometimes the the harder moments, the negatives, sometimes they're like they're beautiful because you learn so much from them. Um, I feel like maybe the worst part of my career where I lost a championship in Australia and like I shouldn't have lost it. And um, by the last race, just with mistake on mistake on mistake, but it completely changed my life. Come back and we won three championships in a row. That part was really cool. But at the same time, it's really set me up with a, a mindset and how I prepare myself at each race and, and whatnot um, for who I am today. And I, so I would say, honestly, like a negative moment is, is more of a beautiful moment than it is at the time it sucks. Yeah. But it's, that's what sets you up into like being a better person. You can even really get bad with that. You can turn that into a negative even more or you can turn that negative into a positive. And I feel like, you know, I, I had all the right people around me to do that, which was really cool. But probably for me, most satisfying moment in my career is winning here in, in America, winning in the IndyCar series. Um, but 
you know, I really won't be satisfied until I've won the 500 or a championship. Very poetic, turning yeah. uh, <laughs> turning the, the bad moments into beauty through their learning. Will, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, I think the bad moments make the good moments so much better. Um, I just, if, you know, you saw my celebration when I won the 500, it probably wouldn't have been, it definitely wouldn't have been that if I won it on the first time. No plastic bottles are safe, by yeah. the way, and that, yeah. if that ever happens again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, uh, um, yeah, you kind of saw that in Rossi. Rossi came, he won it the first year, and you could, I don't think he realized the significance of it and now he does. I think he's like, you know, you know, he did a good job to win it. He did. He was actually pretty exceptional on ovals when he first started, um, which often happens and Scott was the same. It's very, very good because they haven't had a massive shunt. It's when they have a shunt, it brings them down a bit. It's like. Haven't had yeah, the confidence rocked Yeah, yet. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to really go there again. And that, you know, Rossi had a couple of big ones, and then it sort of comes down a bit. But um, yeah, those, you know, I would argue that Verstappen right now um, would be getting a little bit bored. I'm sure he is. I'm sure his wins, his wins when they was he was struggling to get a win was would would be a lot more satisfying. So I think the tough times, the tough, the bad results, all that. When you get a win, um, for sure, is uh, way way more satisfying. If you're winning every week, that does get that would be that would get boring. Like you, you know, you've got to have both. You've got to have the ups and the downs. And I think that's um, a good thing to remember in your head. Uh, and that, yeah, same for life, really. I mean, without the without the dark, you don't get the light. You know, it's. We could turn this into a philosophy podcast. I reckon. Yeah, quite a sport, right? <laughs> But it's no, you're, you're very. It's very true, and I, it's interesting with Verstappen actually in terms of going. Like he'll never say that he's bored because that would be disrespectful to the rest of the yeah. drivers and to the fans and everything else. But at the same time, you can only imagine the satisfaction when you've actually. You could kind of see it in some of his comments on the radio and the at Spa. It's yeah. just like he needs. <laughs> but I, you would you would see more extracted out of him with a tougher teammate. You would see him, you'd see more extracted or a tougher field like. Danny Rick calling you in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. Reco- I mean, he's the last one. Though. He was the last one that really Pushed pounded him. Pushed like, him for like two and a half years. And I remember Ricardo getting, a, getting pole at Mexico City and Verstappen was seething, seething, as he should. And so next time he got pole, but you, you would see more extracted out of an extreme talent like Verstappen. He needs someone pushing him. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been more satisfied to win a race than here in IndyCar. Like I, you have to have everything go right from strategy, from you looking after the fuel number, from you like looking after the tires and so many things have to go. There's so many variables that I've never come across. I had a lot of wins in, in supercars and now I've got great wins, but like 100%, like I've only won four times here and – Every each one of them just get better and better. Yeah. It's a it's an amazing feeling to win in this category, that's for sure. Mm. 
Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIC preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWHVAC trainingsc.com to inquire. All right. If you guys had your own team, who would be, as an individual question for both of you, who would be your drivers? And you can pick. You can pick two drivers. Okay, two drivers. Um, right now, I would go Joseph Newgarden and Alex Ploy, just because I think Joseph's at the peak of his career, got a lot of experience, he's won at all levels. Indy 500 and the championship. And then Alex Pillow, he's very fast and very smart. And um, I think they're both very commercial savvy as well, which mm. is very important these days. Yeah. <laughs> what about an F1 team? F1 team? For an F1 team. Yeah, F1 team. F1 drivers. You're putting Indy car drivers in. Well, Max Verstappen straight away. Yeah. If I had a pick, like I think he's one of the best driver out there right now. Um, I think if I was looking for an up-and-comer, I think Oscar Piastri. I think he's very good. I think he's giving Lando a run for his money. Lando's getting a lot of the good stuff. It looks like he's getting all the new chassis parts and whatever. And Oscar just keeps punching away. Um, I think he's he's going to be very fast in the future. I think uh, I'd put a lot of my 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 resources in that basket to in make him better way, and get going. That's yeah. what we like to hear. Will, what about you? Indy yeah, first. I mean, it's uh, it'd be very tough to pass up Polo and a new garden. And the other day they asked me and it was, you had three drivers like because it was for, our, for a team, a three-car team, and I would have added Lungard because I think he's the best young guy there is right now. Very, very solid, a lot of potential, doesn't make mistakes, doesn't blow the tyres off. Um, yeah, seems to have the full package. Like, yeah, those that were the three I picked. Um, yeah, you couldn't go past it. Obviously in Formula 1, I mean, Verstappen is just the best driver I mean, he's just bred from a little yeah. kid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You think he about his a, like, mother. Choice, really. <laughs> yeah, he's like a project. Yeah, the mother was a top, top-level carter. Obviously, Yoss was, um, you know, Formula One driver. Yeah, and that's right. And it was very tough on Max, very tough. And all Max does is drive F1 and simulators. Yeah. That's all he does. That's all he does. <laughs> and he's not interested in any of the other BS. Like, you know, that's where I feel like Ricardo went, like Stappen went that way, he went that way, yeah. like that were equal. And if 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 Daniel was as dedicated, he's, he's you could say. Said, he's always said he's like, you know, F1's not my life in a way. Yeah, in a way, that, which I that's do right. Find interesting. Yeah. And so if it doesn't, yeah, yeah I, I have more hope for Ricardo's life outside of motorsport if it comes to an end because he's got so much oh, else going time, on. Oh, big time, yeah. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. like you said, it could yeah. have affected his career in and of itself. Yeah, I think he, he had the potential to be a lot better. Um, and yeah, he just. So it, who's your second driver? The second driver is, um, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say Hamilton. I mean, you can see him starting to get Russell now each week. Like he's starting to, like he always seems to get in that groove. I noticed that when it was with Rosberg. Yeah, he like with Rosberg. There was a time where Rosberg just kept getting him in qualifying every week, but then Hamilton just always seems to work it out. I don't think Hamilton's as as needs to be as hard working as someone like Russell. 
Like Hamilton has a, an incredible amount of natural ability. He's just naturally a very coordinated person. Yeah, when he's locked in, he's solid. So if you had those two guys, like, man, solid as. They might just drive each other off the track all, all the time, but that we can deal across that bridge when we get to it. Um, last question for you guys, uh, asking for a friend. Have you ever had a situation in the US in particular because the Australian sense of humour can be a particular one? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever said something or done something that's just like really not landed? <laughs> Many times, <laughs> like because of the dry, the real dry sense of humor. Like when I first came over here, 100% every time went over their heads, just like, it's like, okay. They hundred they, they thought I was serious, like in Australia, because everyone's a smart ass. It's like they get it every time. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, but, but yeah, no, you just simply can't say that. But uh, yeah, the jokes are sort of smart ass Australian, like, it's kind of been belted out of me. Like I used to be extremely just joking all the time and I'm way more serious now. I may have just got older but around, you know, Americans are a little more serious. Yeah, the same way. Scott? Yeah, I think uh, the, the the sense of humour is a little different. It is um, and I think we joke about things that they don't tend to generally <laughs> joke about either. <laughs> so, uh, um, so I think we're a bit more relaxed in that part but uh, – yeah, I'm slowly and I'm slowly learning. Like we really have to slow down the way we speak. Yes, because, I, like yeah. we think that they speak fast, but like 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 we speak fast for them. Like I have to like when I go to Starbucks. Can I say like my wife? If we're in a drive-through, she will lean across and order for me because they have no idea what I'm saying. If trying to order a coffee or like like a, I just want a nitro cold brew with ice. Grande. What an order, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they they just like oh, it's the worst. They they can't understand me at all. So it's really annoying. It took, it took me forever to like for the first year, every time I asked for water. Water, <laughs> water. what water? Oh, and I ended up having to say water. 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 Yeah, I, and actually yeah. you start just that's what you had to say. Like so data. data. Yeah, not data. data. Well, I mean it is like correctly said it's probably data isn't it the data i call it data is it yeah, plural? data there's no the, ah, the data, data individual it's data data i'm trying to figure out if it's plural data yeah. data the data, data yeah i see the problem for me is my a's it and is my plural o's yeah. data and my, like, the vowels basically and yeah. e's e's yeah. and a's are yeah. really problematic which is yeah. great because i have an e and an a in my name and so yeah. i just spend hours at airports yeah. going yeah. fr e for echo yeah, <laughs> yeah. E for e just give me the pen. <laughs> yeah. Email is a bad thing because mine goes .com.au <laughs> and they're like, I you? No, I said .au for Australia. Yeah. So A-U, A for Apple, U for under. <laughs> and that's like, uh, it gets me every time, man. Every time. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. I do have one thing before we wrap up. This, Scott, is in particular for you, but it's rude not to bring both people get a no. thing This is for your next um, sweet as okay. segment. It is a rum cake, a rum cake from yeah. none other than nice. Canaan. Um, so you can test that uh, with Joseph next time and oh. let us know what you think. Thanks for that. <laughs> I, I, so what? what is this? A rum cake? I've heard of rum balls, but I haven't heard of rum. Cake. It's not the same thing. Not the same thing? <laughs> Very different? It's got Very alcohol different. in it. It does. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's a Save it for Sunday. Rum yeah. cake used to have a 
custard, right? Like yeah. rum cake you have with nice warm custard yeah. at Christmas. Yeah. In Australia, it's really nice. So if you, yeah. so if you were to yeah. order like rum cake at a restaurant in yeah. Cayman or something, you'd yeah. usually have like the piece of cake and it would literally be swimming in like a mm. custardy type thing with some fresh coconut on top or something like oh that. Oh, God. Very Caribbean. Um, but, uh, yeah, so when you eat it straight out of the box, it won't be as yeah. good. It'll probably taste like plastic. But yeah, it'll be like real dry. Yeah, you got to have the custard on top yeah, and so heat afraid, it up. I'm afraid this is BYO custard. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> All right, I'll bring my custard. All righty. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, good luck thank for you. the rest of the weekend. Hope you have some great racing. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Podcast Network.